This is R.C. Blakes, and I want you to know that today's conversation is sponsored by a company called Exter. They make smart wallets. I've always carried um, wallets, carried a lot of cards, but this particular wallet is amazing because it allows you to carry six cards and there's a little button that allows you to pop them out immediately. It's also RFID protected, meaning people can't scan and steal your information. The thing I love most about it is that it has uh, a tracking device that allows you to locate your wallet if it's misplaced. Your phone will tell you where your wallet is. And the tracking device, if you were to lose your phone, would ring your phone so you could find your phone. I also love the fact that they have feminine colors that I could actually buy for my wife. So I want you to go to my description and there's a link in the description that will afford you 5% off. Exter, if you ask me in the streets, I'll show you mine. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk with Bishop R.C. Blakes. R.C. is an author, empowerment teacher, and the proud pastor of the New Home Ministries of New Orleans, Louisiana, and Houston, Texas. His message circles the globe. His conversational and candid approach to challenging content makes him a relevant voice to all generations. Get ready for a life-changing transformational conversation. Hey, hey, this is R.C. Blakes, and I am so excited to be able to share with you today. I am just thrilled. I, I would really love for you to invite some people to come in and to be a part of our conversation tonight. If this is your first time watching me, um, I am R.C. Blakes. I'm a pastor. I'm a man. I'm a husband. I'm a father. And uh, I have a lot of opinions about life and the things I've learned in my 57 years at this point. And so I have a real heart and um, a real, it's, it's, it's like a father's passion to really speak into the lives of what I consider a generation of women that, um, a generation that has been what I call female slave conditioned, made to believe that you're less than you are uh, incapable of locating your true identity and settling for far less than you deserve. So when you hear me speaking to the issues of women, I'm, you know, I'm just really speaking from the perspective of a man and the perspective of a father. And so there you have it. Tonight I want to talk about some signs of a man that probably has bad intentions. When I say this, I'm speaking in terms of a man in a, in a relationship with a woman. The things that I'm going to outline for you tonight are a few of the things that I've um, really pondered relative to red flags any woman should look for in a man that would indicate his intentions are not the best. You know, when, when a man comes to, um, 
typically in, in a traditional setting when a man comes to call on a young woman, um, typically they would bring him before her father, her mother, and the question would be asked, what are your intentions? This is important because the woman finds herself in the dating dynamic, in the relationship dynamic. The woman quite often finds herself in a most vulnerable position. And if a man were to have bad intentions, as society is showing us, he can do much damage to the woman because women love from the heart. Women are deeply emotional and women become attached and even find a sense of loyalty to a man that they believe has the right intentions. And then when that man proves to be everything but what she thought, it leaves the woman in shambles. Now, a man with bad intentions, because every man saying I love you, my dear, does not love you. Most of the men that would tell you I love you, they don't love you. Every man that, you know, seems to be a godly man, every man that seems to be a caring man, is not necessarily what he's projecting. A lot of these guys are playing a role that they know you desire to see. And they play that role that they might gain access to your heart. And once you let them in, then their true colors come out. And you discover later than sooner that his intentions were never noble or good towards you. Now a man with bad intentions is going, he's driving, he's pushing the relationship or the woman in one of three directions. He's either trying to control your life like a slave or letter B, he's using you for your value or letter C, He's simply a diabolical man that has every intention of simply breaking your spirit. He's either seeking to control you or he's using you for your value or he's attempting to break your spirit entirely. Now if you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 7, it describes a generation of men of mankind really. But it says in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Verse 6 says, For of this sort are they, this kind of man, is the kind of man, it says, For this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive, silly women 
laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Have every book, you watch every you know, podcast, you listen to every podcast, but you're never able to pull all of that learning together into uh, a format for living. And as a consequence, you find yourself constantly taken in by men that have bad intentions. Now, 2 Timothy 3 and 6 reads like this. We just read the King James Version, the sixth verse of 2 Timothy reads like this. These are the kind of people who smooth talk themselves into the homes of unstable and needy women and take advantage of them. Women who, depressed by their sinfulness, take up with every new religious fad that calls itself truth. Now, there are about eight things that I want to try to get through quickly tonight <laughs> that I have outlined as um, red flags, signs that this guy probably has bad intentions. Number one, his words or his conversation makes you feel bad about yourself. His words make you feel bad about yourself. You see, his energy doesn't agree with your spirit. Now, you like what you see, you like the, the image he's painted, you like the potential future that may be there, the kind of lifestyle he might be able to provide or assist you in providing. But the reality is in your spirit, there's an uneasiness about this guy. Your spirit doesn't agree with him. Whenever he speaks, there's something about his words that make you always make it always, they always make you feel bad about yourself. You see, this is for a reason. A toxic man locates your triggers and he suddenly drops them into the normal flow of a conversation. He finds your triggers and he just eases those triggers in to the normal flow of a conversation. Seemingly like it's like he doesn't even realize what he's saying. He doesn't even know what this is doing to you. The reality is he has studied you and he's, he's dropping your triggers constantly because he's trying to position you to control you, to use you, or to break you, or all three. Now, you say because you, you're wishing upon a star, you just want this to be the real deal so bad. You say, oh, one of these days I'm going to have a conversation with him. But he's constantly making you feel bad about yourself through the, through the process of a conversation. And this is for a reason. It is to empty your self-esteem and to gradually crush you. So if you're in a, in a so-called relationship with a man, 
And whenever he speaks to you, whenever you have a conversation, somehow you're always left feeling bad about yourself. And it's not like he's come out and said anything aggressively, but it was kind of introduced passively. But nevertheless, if I run over you on purpose or if I run over you by mistake, you're still run over. In Proverbs 15 and 4, the Amplified, it reads like this. A soothing tongue speaking words that build up and encourage is a tree of life. But a perversive tongue speaking words that overwhelm and depress crushes the spirit. Have you ever had conversation with people and when you got through they just, the conversation just left, left you feeling anxious, left you feeling like you're not enough? You see, words are a toxic man's weapon. And he knows how to wield them and use them in a way that he looks innocent. That he looks oblivious to the fact that he's causing you great harm. The reality is all of this has been intentional. If you go to Proverbs 18.21, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. You see, what I say to you, I don't just speak, you know. You notice there are times that I pause and, and I'll take a minute before I say another. Sometimes that's for you to ponder what I said, but it's also a time for me to think about what I'm getting ready to say. Because if I have the best intentions towards you as a man speaking to women in general or people, but women in particularly, it means that I must think my words through thoroughly because my words are either bringing death or life into your situation. You see, words are the containers of energy. Words and language will tell you if a person is healthy for you. Hmm. If a person is not healthy for you. And I'll take it a step further than that. The kind of language you subject yourself to from a man is an indication of where your own self-love is. If, if I'm showing up here every Monday night and I'm drilling you down into the ground and I'm making you feel horrible about yourself and I'm, I'm just insulting you and I am just abusing you verbally and you keep showing up for it, you are no longer a victim. You have become an official volunteer. The kind of language you tolerate is the truest indication of how much you love yourself. You see, a man that knows your history and understands your pain knows what affects you and he knows exactly how it affects you. So when he uses these words or he brings up these subjects that trigger you, he knows exactly what he's doing. A man is not making a mistake 
and triggering you every day? You mean to tell me you're dealing with somebody that's so stupid, they keep saying something every day that triggers you and, and brings you off into a panic attack every day, making you feel horrible about yourself, and this is a mistake? Consistent language is the revelation of a person's soul. What a person is always saying, the energy a person's words always carry, is the clearest snapshot of that person's, the condition of that person's soul. There's no way in the world you can show up here every Monday night, however often you, you watch me, and, and for years... And every Monday night, I'm just constantly making you, and you say, oh, that's a mistake. No, no, it is a true revelation of the condition or the contamination of my soul. Matthew 12 and 34 says, O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Now, number two, signs that this guy has bad intentions. Number two, he projects himself as better than you. One, this kind of bleeds out of point one, but it's a little different. This is where, you know, this individual puts himself on this pedestal in some kind of way. He always positions you beneath him. He projects himself as better than you. You know, if it's no more than uh, bragging about his Ivy League education when he knows that uh, you struggled through community college or you didn't go to college at all. If it's no more than talking about his pristine family and his middle class upbringing when he knows you, di you didn't have a father, you had no guidance and you had to pull up by your own bootstraps. Now, mind you, pulling up by your own bootstraps, you may have created a multi-million dollar business and many women and people have who've not graduated from college or even gone to college. And he, with his Ivy League education, may not make uh, one-tenth of the money you make. But somehow, he always projects himself, not necessarily directly, and sometimes he's bold enough to project himself directly, actually tell you, I'm better than you. But it's usually through um, subliminal messages, passive-aggressive language, that is to send the signal to you, you're less than. David, you know, King David, y'all know David, you know, remember you, 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 you've all heard the story about David and Goliath, well, when... David went down and he saw this giant called Goliath talking down to the armies of Israel. He said, hey, we can't have this. You know, all of the, the warriors and King Saul, they were all afraid. Man was killing everybody. David said, we can't have this. Well, David's uh, oldest brother heard David talking boldly. Now, mind you, his brother is a coward at this time. He hears David talking boldly, and I want to just read this for you. In 1 Samuel 17, 28, and Eliab, his eldest brother, heard 
when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? With whom hast thou, watch this, left those few sheep? Why couldn't he just say, Who did you leave those sheep with? Why are you down here? Why, who did you leave those few sheep with? Why did he throw the word few in? He wanted to deflate David. He wanted to make certain that David felt inferior to him. He wanted to project himself as better than David. And this happens 24-7 in a relationship with a toxic man who's not fully in touch with his own manhood. And any man that is not fully in touch with his own manhood usually makes a full-time job of depleting womanhood. And this is largely done through, through bragging about himself and or criticizing everything about you. You ought to work out like me. You know, I go to the gym. You see, I go to the gym five, six days a week. Look at, look at this here. Look, look at the guns I'm working with. Look at, look at, look at my washboard stomach. Look, look at you. Look at you. Well, if I'm, all, if I'm that bad, why are you still here? If, if I'm that bad, why are you still here? And a lot of times the answer is he's staying there because he's either using you or he's intentionally trying to break you. So he has to make you feel less than. Now in, in uh, John chapter 8 verses 4 through 9, it says this. This is where they bring this lady to Jesus who was caught in adultery. And these religious hypocrites were bringing this woman to Jesus, trying to trick Jesus, really. But Jesus turned the tables on them. And it says, they said to the master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. They came projecting this situation as though they were righteous and pious and better than this woman. And Jesus simply says, whichever one of you is without sin, cast the first stone. Because if we're going to start judging this woman as though she's less than you, we're going to have to also look at your issues. And we're going to have to judge your issues equally. And the Bible says they all left. Now, a man that projects himself as better than you is a waste of time and dangerous. Well, well he doesn't know what he's doing. Okay, well, letter A. If, if he believes you're inferior, you will only be a project to that man. If he honestly believes that he's better than you, the most you can be is a project to that man. What does that mean? He will spend 
his entire life trying to change you. He will spend it. I, there, there's a, there's a, a, a multi-millionaire uh, from the city of New Orleans that had quite a few, has had quite a few uh, lady friends. And every time he gets a, a new lady friend, uh, after some months, she begins to look like the previous one. It's because everyone he gets, he takes and he, you know, he, he makes, makes them do plastic surgery. And then poor ladies got all their, <laughs> got all their cheek cheekbones broke up, their nose all broke up and everything. Just, you know, just, you can't close their eyes and all this kind of stuff here. And it's like, you know, these women may as well, he don't keep none of them. He ain't, ain't marrying nobody. He's just, just taking all of them and he's turning all of them into projects. He may as well, these ladies may as well call, them, call themselves Frankensteins, the Frankensteins. Because this guy, because he believes he's better and they're inferior, he makes a project of all of them. Let it be if he knows you're not beneath him and projects that you are anyway, he's intentionally putting you in a psychological lock. It's called a soul tie. It's a lock that is most of the time inescapable. Your soul gets twisted up in this situation. So if a man projects himself as better than you, it's a waste of time and he's dangerous. If you're dealing with a man that's always sending you the message that I'm better than you, it's best for you to let that man move on than to continue down this path because it does not end well. Even if he does not necessarily have bad intentions, you're going to have a horrible outcome. If I run over you by mistake or run over you on purpose, you're still run over. Number three. This guy has bad intentions. He keeps you chasing. Chasing promises and chasing assumptions. Never, you know... Never consistent, never anything solid, no decisiveness about this relationship. And you've been going on here now for years. And he has you chasing empty promises and assumptions you make. Well, you know, he's been with me this long. He, he says he loves the sex so much, you know. So I'm assuming he, he, he going to marry me. He, you've been now, you're 40 years old now. You've been assuming since you were 25. And nothing's happened. This guy makes a series of empty statements that lead you on, but are going nowhere. Bad intentions. He'll tell you for two years, God showed you. Two years ago, this man told you, God showed me, you're my wife. You mean tell me God showed you and God talked to you? And it's been 24 months and we don't even have an engagement ring? You haven't, you haven't proposed? He keeps you what? Chasing hope. You see, hope is addictive. All I got to do to string you out is to just get you strung out on hope. Just keep, keep feeding you hope. You know what happened? You follow me for years down a trail that ends nowhere. 
It's like a treadmill. You're running on it and you're worn out. You've been on it for all of this time. And when you get off, you're getting off at the same spot you got on. Because he's going to keep you chasing promises. And there are some of you that are in this place right now. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. In other words, if I just keep you hoping, I'm making your heart sick. When a woman's heart has been sickened, she's chasing without even realizing it. You know that you're chasing when you're consumed with him and none of yourself. You're losing yourself trying to attain someone else. You're chasing. You're chasing assumptions. You're chasing empty promises. It's leading nowhere. You find yourself strung out for years without any guarantees. Had babies, still ain't got no ring. Y'all been together so long, you now, got, you now have grandchildren. No ring, no marriage. You've been strung out for years, chasing, hoping, wishing, and that hope has become has turned toxic. He keeps you chasing. There's a powerful text found in Luke chapter 13, verses 6 and 7, where it says, He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, a vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of this vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit, on this fig tree and find none, cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Why let it take up valuable real estate space? Cumbereth, that's what it means. He says, this thing is, is advertising that it's a fig tree, but I've been here three years and it's produced no fruit. Cut it down. Why would you hold on, keep feeding and fertilizing and watering and pruning something that is not producing the promised fruit? When a man has you strung out, running behind promises, and you wake up and you realize that, okay, it's been a year, it's been 18 months, not even a conversation about next level. Quite honestly, you give a man um, six months of your life, there, there, there should be a conversation about where, where this is going. Quite honestly. I mean, you know, it's cool to just hang out and chill and have fun, you know, for three, four, five, six months at the high end. At the six month point, you're giving this guy all of your time and all of this kind of thing. And there's not even a conversation about, well, this is where I'd like to go. When, when, guy, when dude tells you that, well, what's your time frame? Because a man can tell you, this is where I'd like to go for years, a decade. This is where I'd like to go. This is where I'd like to go. No, no, what's your time frame? Okay, we're six months deep. You, you, you know, you, you, you see who I am. I see who you are. I think you like me. I, I like you. We're kind of, you know, on the same page. Uh, 
What's the time frame? Okay, well, you know, six months from now, a year from now, you know, let's get engaged in six months, a year and a half from now, let's, let's get married. But all of this just stringing you out, no time frame, just, you know, got you chasing empty promises. You got to be smarter than that. You got to be smarter than that. Number four, this guy has bad intentions. He seems to be a nice guy. Oh, he's just so nice. Oh, Bishop Pastor, you know, you just got to, you just got to meet him. He's such a nice guy. He's such a cutie pie. Oh, he's just, he, he loves God. He loves God. I mean, I hear it all the time. He loves God. He's, he's a perfect gentleman. Oh, really? Great, great. He, he, he doesn't have any kids. He, he loves my kid. Okay, great, great, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But number four, he seems to be a very nice guy. But he wants to borrow money. It's a red flag. That's a flaming flag. He wants you to co-sign for something. He wants you to invest in his business. He's using, he wants to use you as a come up. Now some say, okay, well, you know, these, these are new times. And, and, you know, you just old folk. And maybe I am. Maybe I am. Because I'm older than a lot of y'all, I guess. You know, maybe I am. But, but the time I came from and the, the men that taught me, taught me, you don't, you don't, you don't go into a woman's life borrowing her money. It is not, it is not the nature of a man who is sincerely interested in a woman for the right reasons to think of her as a financial option. A man that would use a woman for finances is either too feminine to actually be considered her man or husband material or he is only there to use her for financial benefits. Either way it goes, it's a bad sign when a man starts asking a woman to give him money. I don't care if she does have more money than you. Before a man that has the right intentions would ask his woman for money, he's going to go to his, his mama, his daddy, his brothers, his friends, the pawn shop. He, he, he's going to do everything, but he's not going to impress this woman that he has the right intentions towards, that he's here to use her for her resources. It's just not going to happen. If a man has the whatever to ask you for money is just not a good sign. The intentions are off. If you go to Proverbs 11 and 15, it says, he who puts up security and guarantees a debt for an outsider will surely suffer for his foolishness. But he who hates declines being a guarantor is secure from its penalties. In this case, you know, you're probably, you know, a man asking you for money, you're probably nothing more than supply. Now, let me just, you know, narcissistic supply where they find out what you have of value that they want and they use you for that. They tell you whatever you want to hear and they use you and drain you of that. You're probably nothing more than narcissistic supply. But let me just bring balance to this. 
you know, because I don't want to mislead anybody. There are situations where you have a man that is an upstanding guy. You know, you know who this man is. He's been in your life. You all know exactly where you're going. And he runs upon some difficult times financially. Do you not know, even in a case like that, where a man has an established relationship with a woman, in 90% in, in of the cases, he's not even going to tell her, though he has every right to say to her, this is what I'm dealing with. Can you help me with this right now? That's a whole different scenario. But even in those cases, that guy usually, man, he, he exhausts almost every other opportunity before he goes and asks his woman, unless they are living in the same household and the household benefits from, you know, equally from each other's financial um, moves or empowerment. But even that guy who has, you know, every right to say, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. Can you help me? In most of those cases, he won't say nothing. He's going to work his way through that until he can figure that out. Because a man that's just comfortable asking you for money. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. And I know a lot of y'all out here paying. I know y'all out here paying. I know y'all out here paying. I know y'all out here paying. And it's ridiculous that y'all out here paying for grown men. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I don't mean to go off on that, and I don't mean to do no fussing. I know I ain't nobody's daddy. I know this. I know this. But it's absolutely ridiculous that you got grown, educated women out here taking care of grown men, Ph.D. women manipulated by GED men. It's sad. It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable to me. If I, if I were a player in this day, I'd be a multimillionaire. This is absolutely ridiculous. Okay, let me leave this alone. Number five. He is obviously, this, this guy has bad intentions. He is obviously isolating you from your safe relationships. It's, it's bad, man. It's, it's a bad sign when a man is, you know, it's just clear that this guy is separating me from my safe relationships. Any man that is keeping you away from your people or has a problem with everybody significant in your life and doesn't allow you to meet any of his people is setting you up for something. He doesn't like any of your people. He, don't, he doesn't like your mama. He don't like your daddy. He doesn't like your siblings. He doesn't like your friends. He doesn't like your church. He doesn't like your pastor. He doesn't like your co-workers. He doesn't like anybody. And then while he's, while he's pulling you away from all of your safe relationships, he's not introducing you to any of his people. It's because he's isolating you. He's setting you up. You see, isolation is the precursor to abuse. A man can smile and act like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm God sent. I'm God's, I'm God's gift to you. I'm God's gift to you. And once he gets you to sever all of the ties to your safe relationships and he gets you out on this island, then you see, oh, what big teeth you have. Better to eat you with, my dear. Because isolation is the precursor to abuse. Any man that's attempting to isolate you, put you on an island, 
where you can reach no one and no one can reach you, does not have good intentions. Does not have good intentions. There's, uh, in the Bible, there's a story of Amnon and his half-sister Tamar. Amnon developed this, you know, lust for Tamar that he wanted to have his own sister. So he created a whole scheme, act like he was sick, told his father, their father, King David, to send his sister to, to bring him something to eat. And when she got there, let me read it for you in 2 Samuel 13, 9 through 11. It says, and she took a pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, have out all men from me. There were other people in the house when she got there. And they went out, every man from him. But he what? Put them all out so as to do what? Isolate her. And Amnon said unto Tamar, bring the meat into the chamber, the bedroom, that I may eat of thine hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, come lie with me, my sister, come have sex. And the story goes on, he raped her. Against her will, he, he had sexual relations with his sister. He raped her. Why did he put everybody out? He would not have been able to take advantage of her with everyone present. She wasn't vulnerable until she was isolated. When a man is attempting to isolate you, any man, now listen to this statement very carefully. Any man that hates all of the people who love you has an agenda against you. I pause because I want you to think about that. Any man that hates all of the people who love you has an agenda against you. And the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 28 and 29, a forward man soweth strife and a whisperer separateth chief friends. A violent man enticeth his neighbor and leadeth them into the way that is not good. Begins to whisper, you know, you, you, you lie on your friends and create drama between you and your friends till y'all fall out. You know, create stuff as best he can against your family until your your family doesn't like your family jealous of you. Your family your family doesn't want to see they don't want to see you rise. What is he doing? He's sowing strife and he's using whispers to separate your best friends. Now number six, this guy has bad intentions. His life is not matching his preview. I'm a big movie guy. I love, you know, that's what I do. I mean, you know, I'm a movie guy. I don't go to no clubs. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't do all of that. <laughs> I'm a movie guy. I go to the movies. One thing I hate is when a movie comes out with a trailer or a preview that shows the absolute best three scenes in the entire movie. And then you get there and sit, go to the movie theater, sit in that place for two hours, and that movie is horrible. That movie is so boring. You thought this was going to be an exciting 
uh, action-packed movie. You, you, you up in that movie theater like this. The preview was far greater than the reality of the movie itself. When there's no agreement between what a man projects himself to be and his actual reality, you should run. You know, for instance, he's a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. Now, you've never seen his office. You know, you know what I'm saying? You haven't, you haven't seen his office. He's a lawyer, but he, he always needs to borrow your car. You're a lawyer? You got to borrow my car? Okay. Uh, he's a millionaire, but he's very comfortable with everybody else paying the bill all the time. He, he's spiritual and he loves God, but his entire conversation is about some perverted form, <laughs> some perverted form of sex. His life is not matching his preview. He's a hypocrite or he's a liar. There's something that's just off. And you know what? You don't need to hang around to figure this out. You need to be, you need to be wise enough as a woman to say, this guy is not what he's projecting. And you need to move forward with your life. Now, number seven, let me hurry. He flatters you to an uncomfortable extent. You know, every woman wants to be desired and, and um, you know, wants to know that a man wants her, is attracted to her. But it gets to a point, it gets to a point where a man goes to flattering so much it becomes creepy. You know, it gets uncomfortable. When, 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 when a man is, when a man is, uh, Filled with what I call rapid fire flattery. Rapid fire flattery. He is distracting you or attempting to distract you from the danger he's carrying. See, flattery is like a hunter's camouflage. What does that camouflage do for the hunter? It makes him or her blend into the trees, the bark on the, on the trees, the grass, you know, all of that green, brown, black, gray, and all that blend right into the forest so as to what? Make the deer comfortable with coming right up to them where they can shoot them dead. Make the deer comfortable with being in the danger zone. That's what flattery does. It's, it's called love bombing in a lot of cases. They just, you know, before you know, they just dropping another bomb, dropping another bomb. Oh, you just this. Oh, you just, you just the most beautiful woman. Oh, you have the most beautiful figure. Oh, your lips, your lips, oh, your teeth, your teeth are so straight. You know your teeth crooked, your teeth, your teeth crooked, your mama teeth crooked, grandma teeth crooked, all your brothers and sisters teeth are crooked. But all of a sudden, your teeth are the straightest and the whitest I've ever seen. And oh man, it's just rapid fire flattery. He's love bombing you. He's trying, he's trying to get you on an ego trip. See, because when you go to tripping on your ego, you cut, off your, you cut off your common sense. You cut off your discernment. And the Bible says in Proverbs 29 and 5, a flattering neighbor is up to no good. He's probably planning to take advantage of you. 
And then number eight, and finally, this guy, this guy has bad intentions. He's always creating a crisis. He's always creating a crisis. See what, what, you know, have you ever met anybody like that? Or you, do you know somebody like that now that ever, they just always creating drama, always creating a crisis. This is a means whereby he keeps you what? Entangled. He keeps your soul tied up in his drama, in his created drama. Every, especially when he feels like you're wising up or you're getting tired. He doesn't have anything to offer. He feels like he's losing you. He creates a crisis and he makes his crisis your crisis when to me it looks like a him situation. But to you it looks like a us situation and then you get involved in his crisis with that, you know, um, toxic sense of love, that toxic empathy you have. You get caught up in his crisis and that ties you up for another couple of months. And then when that begins the world, he creates another crisis. This guy's bad intentions. This guy is, is, is demonic. This guy is, is diabolical. This guy is toxic. This guy is intentionally entangling you. And at some point you got to wake up, wise up and just say, not my problem. I'm out of here. Because God does not want you wasting your life with a man that never intended to do right by you. God does not want you even giving your time to a man that never even deserved a conversation. May I pray for you? May I pray for you? Father, I thank you for every, every woman that would hear this. Those that are hearing it live, those that will hear it later, even years from now. God, my prayer for them is that you will give them the wisdom, the confidence, the courage to take control of their lives, to see and to recognize exactly what it is they're seeing. And to make moves that will put them in the position you intended. Places of reigning. God, I pray for them now. Let your spirit move upon them and pull them out. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Now listen, I'm so excited that you spent this time with me today. Now what I'd like you to do is look in the description. There's a link for BetterHelp Counseling. I know that there are probably a lot of you who are struggling with issues and you really need to talk to someone. I'm not a counselor. Lisa's not a counselor. But we do have a relationship with BetterHelp Counseling. And if you use that link, it will afford you 10% off of the cost of their counseling. And they, in turn, will make a deposit into R.C. Blake's Ministries for the referral. If that works for you, um, my prayer is that you will move to the next level and heal. Now, don't forget to go to my website, sign up for my 
email list and make certain to check out all of my online programs. Go to Amazon, pick up all, any or all of my books. I want to thank all of you who have sown into our lives and into our ministry. We certainly appreciate you and we love you. We thank God for you. Now, I think I'm missing something. Am I missing something? Is there anything else I should be talking about? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I covered it all. I love you. I love you with all of my heart. I want you to know you're on top and you're going higher. God has more in store for you. So I will see you at the top. God bless you. Until next time. We here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you for spending this time with us today. R.C. and Lisa are always honored to have you with us. Don't forget to reach out to us by visiting our website at www.rcblakes.com. While you're there, you may join our mailing list and receive a free download of the Laws of Manifesting Your Vision by R.C. Blakes. Also look at all of the online programs by R.C. You may find all books written by R.C. and Lisa. Once again, all of us here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And as we always say, see you at the top. Have you ever wondered what it will be like to be mentored and taught by R.C. and Lisa? To be a part of an exclusive group with opportunities to ask questions to RC directly? There is a program called Mordecai Mission. It may be the opportunity you're looking for. Mordecai is a 12-week program conducted on Zoom by RC and Lisa. The program is named Mordecai because it was Mordecai who mentored Esther into her reign as queen. RC has been called the King of Queens. His passion for empowering women is like that of Mordecai. The program is for women seeking spiritual and emotional healing as well as a sense of purpose and a return to self-love. It's biblically based and spiritually empowered. It is roughly an hour of teaching done by RC. It then moves into Q&A. The program is based on three pillars. One, inner healing. Two, self-discovery. And three, self-development. The program runs for 12 weeks straight. Meetings are at the same time every weekend. The meetings are about 90 minutes to 2 hours. To be a part of the next group, go to www.rcblakes.com and register. Seats are limited. Pray about it. And if you feel a witness in your heart, don't procrastinate. Go ahead and register. Hello, this is R.C. Blakes. And I want you to know that today's conversation is sponsored by a company called Exter. They make smart wallets. I've always carried um, wallets, carried a lot of cards, but this particular wallet is amazing because it allows you to carry six cards and there's a little button that allows you to pop them out immediately. It's also RFID protected, meaning people can't scan and steal your information. The thing I love most about it is that it has uh, a tracking device that allows you to locate your wallet if it's misplaced. Your phone will tell you where your wallet is. And the tracking device, if you were to lose your phone, would ring your phone so you could find your phone. I also love the fact that they have feminine colors that I could actually buy for my wife. 
So I want you to go to my description and there's a link in the description that will afford you 5% off. Exter, if you ask me in the streets, I'll show you mine.